Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Itty Walk podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. appreciate Pastor Dave Parker being here last week and preaching. And man, was it a good message. If you haven't heard it, you can go to the website, go to the sermon archive and listen to it. It's it's fantastic. Rivers of Revival. Well, this morning and next week, we're going to spend time in the book of Job. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Job. Chapter 1. I'll read the entire chapter this morning and ask you to follow along. As you're looking up Job, chapter 1, I came across something in my studies this week in one of the study Bibles that helped me. I thought it might help you too. It says this about the book of Job. The book of Job does not attempt to explain the mystery of suffering. And haven't we all asked at one time or another, why do good, bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to godly people? Haven't we asked that? <laughs> Doesn't seem to make sense. And the book of Job does not attempt to explain the mystery of suffering. It aims at probing the depths of faith in spite of suffering. Job chapter 1, verse 1. In the land of Uz, not to be confused with the land of Oz. There's no yellow brick road and no emerald city. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yokes of oxen, and had a large number of servants. And I left out the 500 donkeys. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking that perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. There, you got to meet Job. Now enters God and Satan. Verse 6. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? 
Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now just so you know, Satan is best translated as accuser. Accuser. How about that for a nickname? What do you think the accuser does? He accuses, and guess what he's going to do in verse 9? Accuse. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, here's the accusation. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Yet you bless the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds, they're all spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well. Very well. Everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day, and this isn't in here, and I don't mean to add to the Scripture, but you might agree by the time we get to the end of this, one day, the worst day ever. Verse 13. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, Another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine in the older brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Wouldn't you say, worst day ever? At this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And then he fell to the ground in worship, and said, "Naked I come from my mother, or naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised." Time out. What was the whole reason for for the devil wanting to go after Job? So that he would curse God. And what did Job do? Praise God. Hey, hey, Satan. Epic fail. That's what the kids would say, right, kids? Epic fail. And all this, Job did not sin by charging God 
with wrongdoing. Holy Spirit, I thank You for Your presence here this morning and in each of our lives. And I thank You, God, for Your Word, how it speaks to us even today. So may Your Word speak as I preach, and may Your Spirit preach through me, and may we see how we can live by Your Word to glorify You. And Lord, I just pray for the next few minutes that You would give me clarity of thought and speech and only Your Word be spoken. And Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last seven or eight years, I've been hooked on podcasts. You know, I've been lead pastor here now for what? Four years next month. And before that, I would commute every day back and forth to Rochester. And, you know, when I first started doing that, I listened to things I shouldn't listen to. I confess. I'm not going to say exactly. It just wasn't. It wasn't. It was junk food, right? Junk food for your brain. Sports radio is not junk food for the brain, but it's not much better. (laughs) So I'd listen to that. And then... Uh, I received a gift. I received a... There's Porky Pig again. (laughs) I received an Apple iPod. And I got hooked on podcasts. So I'd listen to podcasts back and forth to work. And anytime I'd hear something I liked, I would... I don't recommend this. It's not safe when you're driving. But I take my phone and I would record the quote I liked by voice on the phone's voice recorder. If you do that, be very, very careful. If you get in an accident, don't tell them your pastor told you to do that. I hadn't cleaned that mess up. I had like 75 recorded voice messages. So the last couple weeks I thought, this is the time to do it. So I went through, and I I came across a quote I really like that I had to share with you this morning. Are you ready? Here it is. And I wish I, in my recording, I didn't say this, so I can't give credit to wherever it's due. So if you want to say I said it, I'm about to say it. (laughs) Patience is a discipline of attitude. Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Patience is simply a mental focus. Patience says this, I'm going to focus no matter what is thrown at me, and I'm going to refocus and make the attitude change I need to make to keep going. That's a good quote, isn't it? And if you didn't get all that, I have a podcast. Or just go to the website. According to that description of patience, Job did not have patience while he was going through his suffering. Now you might be thinking, wait a second, Nathaniel, I've heard about the patience of Job. In fact, somebody said, I had the patience of Job. We'll get to the patience of Job in a minute. But when you first hear Job talk, 
In Job chapter 3, you don't see a man with much patience. You see a man who wanted a time machine. He wanted to go back to the day he was born and erase it. He wished he was never born. In fact, he said, if I was born, it would have been better if I was still born. That's a man in a dark place, isn't it? And who wouldn't be? He lost all of his wealth. Now, you might not have camels, donkeys, sheep, and whatnot, but back then, that means you had millions. And in one day, he lost all that. And then, he lost his family. Seven sons. No, yeah, seven sons and three daughters. It'd be hard not to have a bad attitude, huh? It'd be hard not to complain. And that's what Job does a lot of. If you read through the book of Job, he does a lot of complaining. What Job does is what most of us do if we're honest. When we're suffering, when we're going through hard times, we put out our bottom lip and pout. And why me? Why do I have to go through all this? Why do I deserve this? And it's okay to ask those questions. We'll get, we'll get to that here in a minute. But I do want to talk about what Job did have. He did have patience. It wasn't patience with his suffering. It was patience with those around him. We don't have time to read all 42 chapters of Job. I didn't even read chapter 2. We're going to read chapter 2 and chapter 42 next week. Chapter 2 is where we find out that Job comes down with physical illness. And it gets nasty. You know what his wife says to him? Apparently, those vows were not in sickness and in health. She says to him, Job... Why don't you curse God and die? Well, that's exactly what Satan wanted him to do. And now his wife's telling him to do it. I would say he had patience keeping her around. I'd also say he had patience with his friends. You read about three of his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and... Oh, I can't remember the other name. Elihud or something like that. Anyway, Elihu. Thank you. And his three friends, oh, you know what they do? They come to give him advice. And you know what? Their advice stinks. In fact, their advice kind of sounds accusatory. And who did we talk earlier about? Who's known as the accuser? Anyway, they they said, Job, you know what the deal is? You have sinned. There is unconfessed sin in your life, and that's why you're being punished. And that was that's what people used to think back then, and sometimes people still think now. You ever heard of karma? No, it doesn't work that way. Really, it doesn't. 
Although when someone speeds by me and then gets a ticket, I like it. <laughs> but that's not how it works. The disciples used to think it worked that way. Lord, who sinned that this man was born blind? And Jesus said, Neither this man or his parents sinned, but this happened to this man so that the glory of God might be known. Can I give you a little secret? You may already know this, but if you don't, it's a good secret to remember. Even though the, the, the book we're reading from today is the book of Job, it's not about Job. And even though you read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, or Mark, Luke, John, it's not about those guys. This whole thing is about God. And I'm listening to a book now called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. If you have not read it, read it. It's so good. So good. He talks about how it's not about us. Everything is about God. Everything. He compares it like this. He says, let's say you're an extra in a movie. You're a part of the crowd in a movie. And after the movie comes out, you gather all your friends to come to a party and say, you've got to see me in my movie. I'm in it. And you fast forward to the scene where the crowd's there and there's this little speck and it's there for five-eighths of a second and, and your friends think, you're crazy. This is not your movie. Well, sometimes we get so focused on us in life, we think the whole movie's about us. When what's our life really supposed to be about? God. It's His deal and our deal is to glorify Him. And that's what Job did. Job had integrity in the midst of suffering. I like I like how Job is described. Job had faith. And when we first read about him, in that very first verse, it says he was blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil. And then when the Lord was describing Job to Satan, he, he used those exact same words. Blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil. He had great faith. His life wasn't about him. It was about God. It was about living to glorify God. And he knew, he knew no matter what, no matter what, he could trust God. In chapter 13, verse 15, I think Job shared the mission statement of his life. He said this, Though he may slay me, yet I will hope in him. And that great faith inspired great actions before and after Job's suffering. You could just tell Job was a good guy from the beginning. You could tell he cared about others, especially his family. Do you see what he did on their behalf after they partied? He sent them to be cleansed and then he sacrificed offerings for each of them. He wanted what was best 
for his kids. His great faith inspired actions, which kind of reminds me in James, New Testament, where James writes about how faith without actions is dead. Because of his faith, Job knew he could be honest with God. He asked the questions that we often have in life, especially in the midst of our suffering. In Job chapter 12, he says, God, I'm a laughing stock. Here I live for you. Now everybody is laughing at me. Why are you embarrassing me, God? In chapter 19, he asks, Why are you punishing me, God? I did everything the way you wanted me to do it. How come you're not hearing my cry? How come you don't answer, God? You ever been there? I think we've all asked this question. Lord, why do the wicked flourish while the righteous suffer? We see that in Job chapter 21. And maybe you felt this before too. God, why have you abandoned me? We see Job go on about that in chapter 23. God can take that, you know. He's God. He can take us questioning Him and His ways. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay to have doubt. That's a part of faith, really, and that's a whole other message. But it's okay to question God. That's what Job does. Now, just so you know, God doesn't have to answer to you. Or me, or any puny human being. He's God. But you know what God does for Job? He shows up. He shows up reveals himself, makes himself known, and answers Job. From chapters 38 to 41. We have something Job never knew, though. You see, before we were born, most of us in the 20th century, Before we were born, God showed up in a baby in a manger who grew to be a man who died for your sins and mine, who was buried, raised to life, and has ascended into heaven and now at this very moment intercedes on our behalf. His name is Jesus. And no matter what we go through, who promised to never leave us or forsake us? So as I close this morning's message, can I provide to you a few verses that I found this week that really spoke to me, that helped me answer the question or at least words from His Word 
for me to hold on to when I ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people, to God's people? It says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. And hey, here's a fun way to remember Scripture. 7-14. It's like a football score. 7-14. to 14. If you go to Ecclesiastes 7-14, we kind of get a little bit of an answer. Why do bad things happen? Well... Solomon says this, When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider, God made the one as well as the other. Therefore, a man cannot discover anything about his future. A reminder that God is God. We live in a world where there is going to be good and there is going to be bad. Be happy in the good times. Paul said something else. I didn't have this in my notes, so get ready. This is a, an extra special Holy Spirit moment. What did Paul say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6? And I remind you, he said this from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Because in the Lord we always have reason to rejoice, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Hey, find encouragement in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Job questioned God, Why I got to go through all this, Lord? But we knew from the beginning that God knew Job, didn't he? And he knew his faith. And he knew he would stand the test. So if you're going through trials, if you're going through suffering, if you're going through something you're questioning right now, maybe it's a sign that God trusts you. Trusts you to glorify Him. I want to leave you with this. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 through 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly 
rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even when refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. Almighty God, as crazy as it sounds, I thank You for those tough times. Those times of suffering. Those times that our integrity is tested. And Lord, thank You for Your faithfulness. Thank You for the promise that You'll never forsake us. Thank You for how You're going to help us grow stronger in You. And Lord, something tells me we're going to be blessed even more on the other side. And Father, I thank You for the forgiveness there is if we've ever wandered. I thank You for the forgiveness there is when we repent and turn to You. I thank You for the growth there is when we repent of those things that You're working on in our lives, those those things we struggle with. Lord, help us with whatever those things are. We'd be naive and arrogant to think we're perfect. That's why we need You every day. Lord, may You continue to, to Lord, bless us and be with us as we go through this life together, individually and as Your church, Lord. May we glorify You and bring honor to Your name. God, I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.